Have you ever wanted to give yourself better odds on a winning bet? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you the chance to do just that. All players who place a bet on Sunday night's basketball game between L.A. and Denver will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right. For every 1,000 players who bet the over on Sunday night's game, the over-under will drop by one point. The best part is, even as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. That's right. You can double your money just by hammering the over. If that isn't enough excitement for you, there is a huge title fight this weekend at UFC 258. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game when L.A. takes on Denver. For every 1,000 people that bet the over in Sunday's game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting, so tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, this is Getting Bullied. I'm your host, Mark Giannone. How are you? I hope you're as good as I am and a little bit better than the Flyers have been recently. Before we get into that, I ask that you follow me on Twitter at Mark Flagman with two N's. Follow this show at underscore getting bullied. Follow the Hockey Podcast Network where you can get this and every episode of Getting Bullied anywhere you get your podcasts at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and just search the Hockey Podcast Network or Getting Bullied again anywhere you get your podcasts and you'll be able to pull this up and You'll be able to pull up the episode from last week of Getting Bullied Remembers the Spectrum with Bob the Hound Kelly. Just me and Bob the Hound Kelly one-on-one talking about the 1974 Stanley Cup win that the Flyers had against the Bruins 1-0. And if you're asking me now, I would gladly, and I'm sure we all would, we would all gladly take that 74 team to play the current Bruins because the Flyers right now, in a, in a division that was, you know, I don't want to say wide open, but in a division that we knew was going to be tough, that we knew was going to be, you know, knock down, drag out. For the Flyers right now, the only team giving them really bad issues are the Boston Bruins. And this is, I mean, right now the Bruins sit atop the division. It's Flyers and Bruins one and two. The Bruins are good, and the Flyers are flawed. From what I see... And the Flyers are the most confusing team in the world right now because their defense is so bad at times. So bad. And you saw it yesterday in the game against the Capitals. A game that the Flyers should have won going away because the Flyers put up points. They scored seven goals against the Capitals in Washington. That's, you know, that's that's not easy to do whether there's fans in the stands or not. And the defense was just fucking atrocious. It was so bad. The first goal by Ovechkin, first of all, Ovechkin was just allowed to do whatever he wanted in this game. 
absolutely anything he wanted to do. In that game yesterday, the Flyers just gave to him. You saw in the first goal that he beat hard on, and especially on the second one. He, just, he I mean, I believe it was Meyer. No. Yeah, it was Myers. I believe it was Myers that he danced around. And then Tom Wilson is just, that's, fuck, say what you want about Tom Wilson, but that's a goal scorer's goal that he scored yesterday. He was just in the right place at the right time, found a soft spot in the defense. Ovechkin did all the work, and there he is wide open in front of the net. Tom Wilson fucking puts one past Carter Hart, and that's it. They were up 2 nothing, and the Flyers came back. If you looked at that first period and how bad things were, I even tweeted it out at underscore getting bullied that I thought this was going to be a long afternoon because it just it had the makings and it looked like one of those games where the Flyers were just never going to get their legs onto them. Washington was going to be able to do whatever they wanted to do. And, you know, the Flyers, to their credit, came back. Scott Lawton with that fucking hat trick. You know, right now, they're getting goals. To me, it seems like they're getting goals from guys just in bunches game to game. The only constant right now on this, as far as the forwards go, well, there's a couple of them, but the one major one and one that the the city, the fans owe a huge apology to, and I don't believe in that. I don't believe in dishing out the apologies to to athletes that, that, that you shit on. But JVR, what can you say about this guy? He was everybody's favorite whipping boy in the offseason. Everybody, even last season, everybody's, fuck it. Since he came back to the Flyers, fans have loved the shit on JVR. And he has been the most consistent, most productive player on this team all season. From game one to where we are right now, He has been the most consistent, the most productive, the best flyer all season, and that's James Van Riemsdyk. I said coming into the season, when you looked at how the roster shook out, when you looked at how they structured the lineup in that first game, JVR was on the third line, and I said coming into the season, if you have a guy like JVR on your third line, things are, you know, things are going well for you as far as a roster is constructed. And right now, JVR is carrying the load. And he's getting... I mean, Joel Farabee has been really good from the start of the season. You know, he's he's been scoring goals. He's always in the right position. J, you know, JVR, Joel Farabee, right now, the way I look at it, those are the two best flyers on a game-in and game-out basis. Other than that, the names that you really needed to hear from this season, and one in particular, and there are crickets... There are crickets coming from the fans who love to shit on guys when they don't do what they're supposed to do. You know, they lo- the fans love to shit on guys like JVR, who's not necessarily a fan favorite and in their eyes makes too much money. But that's the league, and what he got is probably what he deserved given what his production in Toronto before he signed back with the Flyers. You know, they love to just look at the money, look at the look at the goal column and say, well, fuck, that guy's not worth that money. And they love to shit on these guys. But when you get a fan favorite like Nolan Patrick, who hasn't done fuck all this entire season, you hear crickets. Nothing. Nothing from not not an ounce of heat, not an ounce of trash talk, nothing 
thrown the way of Nolan Patrick because he's one of the golden boys to the fans. The fans love Nolan Patrick because he was his number two overall pick. And I get it. Nolan Patrick has a lot of talent, but Nolan Patrick isn't producing one bit for the Flyers. Okay, say what you want about not playing all last year and the headache issues and everything like that. But guess what? If you're on the ice, buddy, I need you to do something. I swear to God, watching the game yesterday against Washington, it took me about five minutes into the third period to where I took out my phone and had to look at the minutes played to that point in the game to see if Nolan Patrick was even in the fucking lineup yesterday. I had no idea he was even in the lineup. That's how little he made an impact that his name wasn't even being called by the play-by-play guys. That's how little he was doing. He wasn't even getting a pass thrown his way to where I heard his name. Nolan Patrick isn't doing nearly enough for this team. Nearly enough. Because right now, the Flyers are are in the position where their defense is so bad at times. And again, you saw it yesterday against Washington. And I'm going to bring it back to the Boston to the two games against Boston last week. They had a lead in the first game, and they blew it. And they ended up going to overtime, and they lose in overtime. And then they lose, they lost in regulation 2-1 in the second game on Friday. Boston is the best team in the division right now. That's the team the Flyers have to get past at some point. And the Flyers have yet to beat them in regulation, which is a problem. No, fuck that. At all. They've yet to beat them. At all which is a problem because that is the best team in your division. That's a team that one way or another, whether it's in the regular season or it's in the playoffs, if you're a true Stanley Cup contender, like everybody's been saying since the offseason, me included, that's a team you absolutely are going to have to get past one way or another at some point going forward. You have to beat them. You have to figure out a way. They're good. They have firing. They have firepower. They have offensive threats all over their lineup. They're good. They have the goaltending. Flyers for whatever reason when they go up against Boston, it's like they're it's it's like the 70s all over again and they're the NHL All-Star team going up against the Russians and they can't figure it out. And they have to. The Flyers are going to have to I mean it sounds stupid. It sounds like a dumb thing to say, but the Flyers are going to have to outscore a lot of teams this season because their defense is that bad. I mean, obviously, they have to fucking outscore teams to win the game. No shit. But you get what I'm saying. They're not going to get by, you know, they're not going to squeak by a lot of, you know, one nothing, 2-1, 3-2 games. They're going to have to get a lot of insurance goals once they get a one-goal lead because this defense is just really bad. And again, heat goes on Chuck Fletcher for that. I said coming into the season, and I've said it since the season started, I think there was some merit and there was some value to not doing anything major up front in the offseason because there was a lot of continuity with the team last year. And, you know, one more season together without a major shakeup, without a major signing or trade, let them mesh a little bit more, let them become more of a cohesive unit. I got that. A young team learning to play together, second year under a head coach, I got that, but it's not like the defense was winning you a lot of games last year either, and Chuck Fletcher didn't do enough to to make this defense better. 
He signed Eric Gustafson, who has been... I don't even know if you can call it a bust, because I don't know if he really came in with much fanfare to begin with. I don't know why a lot of people that were super excited about Eric Gustafson. It just kind of was what it was. It was a panic signing because Matt Niskanen up and retired, you know, out of nowhere. Just surprised the team, surprised the fans, surprised everybody, and said, yeah, I'm done. Didn't want to do it with COVID and everything like that. Didn't know what laid ahead as far as the structure of the league. So he stayed home. He retired. He wanted, you know, spend time with his family and everything like that. You can't really hate on that, but, you know, Chuck Fletcher needed to do something more than he did to make this defense better. Because right now, when you sign Eric Gustafson, it's just kind of like, all right, you have your main guys, which are, you know, Sanheim, Provorov, Myers, and even, you know, those are like your, your top three. And Sandheim isn't giving you a whole lot either. You know, Sandheim, who's put on this pedestal, so to speak, because he does have a tremendous amount of offensive talent. That's not something to, to gloss over. But when what, what has he really shown anybody in a prolonged period of time to show that he can be a top-pair defenseman? The talent is there, but he's he hasn't really strung it together through consecutive games. He hasn't really put it together on the scoring column. He's not, you know, he's not a defensive defenseman. He's an offensive guy. He's supposed to be producing points one way or another, and he hasn't really done a whole lot of that. So outside of your top three, Provorov, Myers, Sanheim, you had Robert Haig, you had Gossespierre, who there was a lot of question marks about, but so far so good. Once he got past the COVID thing, the knee seems to be doing good. Shane Gossespierre is playing really well. So you can kind of count that as a signing if you want. It wasn't something you expected. It was something you were hoping for. And now you have it. Okay. Would like to see him get on the scoring column at at some point here very soon. That would be nice. But then you have Robert Haig, who's, you know, a a fringe blue liner to begin with. Justin Braun, who's right now is the elder statesman on this team. You know, he's the oldest guy on the blue line. Didn't give you a whole lot in the playoffs last year. You know, he's just kind of a third-pairing guy. And that's what they constructed outside of that top three, Sanheim, Myers, and Provorov. And I'll put Gossespierre up there, too, because when he's healthy and when he's going, he's a, you know, he's a top four defenseman all day. So then that that brings you to your third pair, and it was just, it's Braun, it's Haig, and then it was Gossespierre, where it's just, you know, you knew Braun more than likely was going to get slotted in pretty much every game just because his experience and everything like that. So you just kind of brought in Gustafson as just another body. It wasn't a move really that improved the defense. It was just a body, you know, and that we've pretty much seen that since the season started, that it just goes by however Vigneault is feeling at the time. If if he thinks Gustafson's playing a little better based on last game, then he's going to go. If, if Gustafson plays like shit, Haig's going to go. That's where they're at, and that's not good enough. And the guy that should have been here, once Niskanen retired, the guy that should have been here, you played against yesterday. Zidane Char is making league minimum, and he's on a cup contender in Washington. And he could have been, he should have been on the cup contender here in Philly. Because this team can go all the way if they can get this defense right, and if the guys like Patrick, like Konechny, like Giroux, can step up and be the and be who we need them to be, who they are. 
and I don't know that about Patrick, honestly. He's had a lot of injury issues since coming here, and now this year is going to be, I already know it. And maybe he's maybe he's allowed to have it. This another buffer year where you say he's coming off of not playing for a whole year and so he needed to get his feet wet short 56 game season like I already I already know it I already know what the offseason is going to be like if, if he continues going the way he's going and being unproductive and not doing really anything on the ice those are going to be the excuses that are made fine so then next year we get to hopefully look at Nolan Patrick and criticize him correctly because now it'll be you know he's had the year under his belt he's back you know full off season full training camp all that bullshit so now it's next year we'll pull we'll push it back to next year to see what Nolan Patrick has whatever but the problem is Nolan Patrick was put on a roll in this team where he needed to be a top guy almost immediately Maybe not to start the season when you're the third-line center, but once Couturier went down against Pittsburgh, Patrick needed to up his game to another level, and he didn't do it. Couturier came back yesterday against Washington, played out of his mind, scored a goal. You see the Couturier difference. You, you see what this guy brings to the table. Nolan Patrick needed to spell some of that, and he never did. He's not – I mean, I, I think I looked at it the other day. And I can find the tweet at underscore getting bullied if it's 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 on there, and it's it's the one thing I looked at. I don't give a shit about all your advanced stats, Corsi, and whatever else. Let's just call it. You know, let's just break it down to simple hockey: goals, points, shots. You shoot the puck on the net; it goes in. You have yourself a goal. That's obviously the foundation of this game. And Nolan Patrick who I believe has played every game, maybe he missed one since the season started, ranks like 13th on the team in shots. Shane Gossespierre, who missed two weeks, is above him as a defenseman. He has more shots, and they both are averaging about 15 minutes a game. And Gossespierre, the defenseman, is getting more shots on goal this season than Nolan Patrick. And Nolan Patrick is supposed to be your third-line center generating offense. Maybe he's not a natural goal scorer, but he's not even generating offense from an assist, from the assist side of things. He's not producing enough points, and he is absolutely one of the linchpins in this team that's going to take them to the next level. Because, say what you want, but the old... The core is no longer what it used to be. The core is no longer Giroux, Couturier, Voracek. That's not the core anymore. Those are the old, you know, Giroux, Voracek are the older, it's the old guard. Those are the guys right now with the newer guys, with the younger guys that have come in, that they've drafted, that they've brought along through the system. They're at, they're at a transition point right now where Giroux and Voracek should really be having to take a, not having to take a step back, but should, you know, just natural progression through your career, shouldn't have to be the top guys going game in and game out, carrying the team. Connecting needs to be that guy. Patrick needs to be that guy. Lindblom needs to be that guy. Those are your three. Couturier put him in there too. But you know Couturier is going to be there. You know he's going to show up. That's him. That's what he does. The guy... Is a machine. 
If he could have been out there with his injury, he would have been. The guy's just, he's wired different. The guy goes out there, produces, and makes shit happen. That's why everybody loves him. But the guys that need to step up to take, you know, if this is really going to be a cup contender, and on paper it absolutely is, but that's just that, on paper. And right now the guys that really were supposed to make this team a cup contender aren't doing enough. And it's not being talked about enough. I mean, honestly, you're out there, we're shit, we shit to no end on the defense, and they deserve it. But God forbid, and I was with, I was, I was with the people. I didn't understand the connect me benching. And it really didn't do shit because it's not like he came back and has really been lighting the world on fire. So I don't know what you do at this point. You could bench guys. You can call them out in the media and this and that. And Vino has no problem doing any of that. But the bottom line is they have to step up sooner rather than later because it's you could say it till you're blue in the face. It's a short season. Every game means that much more. You're playing in one of the best divisions in hockey. And you have one of the best teams, again, on paper. And it's so weird to say on paper because the way I'm talking, it's like the Flyers aren't in second place in this division, and they are. But if you watch them, if you look at, and say what you want, you know, take Twitter with a grain of salt. But if you look at fan reaction watching the games, these are not easy wins the Flyers are getting. The Flyers don't have the second most points in the Eastern Division easily. It's been a struggle. They've they've struggled to score goals at times. They've struggled to get shots at times. They got outshot again yesterday. I don't know how the fuck they won that game. Because they don't because the Caps don't have Braden Holpe anymore. If they have Braden Holpe, if Braden Holpe's starting in that game, the Flyers the Flyers probably don't win. But the Flyers, say what you want about them. They're not getting the production where they need to. They kept coming in that game. And again, it was a good third period effort. And you would just like to see that throughout. And it's it's been before Vino. It was even with Haxtell. Getting this team to play a full 60 with this group of players is really harder than it should be. But here we are. Had they started, you know, had they played like they did in the first or had they played like they did in the third and the first, it's a completely different game. They shut down Washington from Jump Street, and that game's never close. But because they started out like shit in the first, and because they were struggling to get shots on net, you had a seesaw game back and forth. The defense kept dropping the ball. The power play is an abomination right now. They had a four-minute power play yesterday that was like it never happened. It's as if the Flyers were skating with the man down and not with the advantage. They generated one shot in that four-minute power play. And if you could, and somebody even pointed out to me on Twitter, if you combine that with the two power plays before that, which got no shots, one shot in eight minutes of power play against the Washington Capitals. One shot, eight minutes of power play against one of the top teams, one of the most dangerous teams in your division, who had Alex Ovechkin playing like he was 25 last night. He was just, the guy was all over the ice. The guy's ageless. He's like Tom Brady in hockey. The guy just can't be stopped. And the Flyers got lucky that, you know, they didn't get the strongest goaltending Washington because the Flyers, again, didn't generate a whole lot of offense from the, from the score or uh, from the shot column. So what does that tell you? It tells you that Washington's, 
they had a goalie change midway through the game. They didn't get their best goaltending yesterday. The Flyers benefited from that. They're not going to do that every game. They have another one coming up Tuesday against Washington. If the Flyers don't generate more shots than they have been, if they keep getting out outshot in games, eventually they're not these the wins will stop. Plain and simple. What they need to do if you go back and you watch the game against Boston, the second game last week against Boston, the 2-1 loss, if they play like they did in that third period, like not even 100% of the time, because I understand how difficult that is, but if you're playing like that 75% of the time, there's no, there's no way that this team can't go all the way. There's no way. The way they played in that third period against Boston is what they need to strive for every game. They have the ability. They showed it. They came up short in that game, but again, that's because starting out the first two periods in that game, they were terrible. They couldn't buy a pass. Every pass they made seemed to get turned over and go the other way for Boston. But then they come out in the third, and it's like a whole different team. The Flyers are the most frustrating, the most confusing team that I can remember watching in this particular Flyers team. Most confusing, most frustrating to watch than I can remember, maybe ever. Because you know what they have. You know the talent on this team. You know what they can do. Because we've seen it. We've seen it in spurts, and that's a thing. Different guys have spurts. We've yet, I believe, we've yet to see everybody play their top game at the same time. It's very difficult to do. I understand that. But. If you're getting two or three guys going full bore at one time for a two, three week stretch, this is a completely different team. This is a complete this is a hundred percent more dangerous team than it than what you're seeing right now with a team struggling to get the puck on net, struggling in the defensive zone, struggling with the power play. There's a lot of flaws on this team, but fuck, they keep winning. They're still winning games. I wish, like, it's, I don't understand. That's what I'm saying. It's so confusing. It's so frustrating because they're still winning games, but they're just not winning games in the fashion that is sustainable. And I think a lot of people see it. And winning cures all. Winning puts Band-Aids on things. And I think that's where the Flyers are at right now. They're just kind of, they're on the brink right now. Things can go one way or the other. This week is weird with the schedules now that the two games against Jersey on Thursday and Saturday have been postponed because of COVID. So they have one tomorrow at a weird time, 6 o'clock puck drop against Washington again in the nation's capital. Then they're going home and home. They have their Sunday against uh, the Rangers in New York. Then three days off, and then they come back home to play New York again. So, I don't know what's going to happen with the, with the New Jersey games. They have some time in there. I don't know what the devil's schedule looks like. But to close out the month, to close out, close out February after tomorrow, uh, assuming that they're going to – I don't know what they're going to do with the Jersey games, so we'll just won't even talk about them right now. But they have three games against New York left in February – they have the one against Boston in um, wherever the fuck it is, Lake Placid or, or Lake Tahoe, one of, one of the lakes. 
and then they close out the month the 27th to 28th in Buffalo. So outside of that Boston game, four winnable games. Four games the Flyers probably should win against the Rangers and against Buffalo. They, you know, Buffalo gave them trouble the first the first time they played that first game. Buffalo came to town, shit on them, six one. Flyers get the shutout win the next day, three nothing. Believe that was, uh, believe that was Elliot. Yeah, Elliot got that shutout. So they have four winnable games, Boston, but Boston's the most important one, and it's gonna be. An, it's a weird game. It's not indoors, another one of these, you know, again, the the NHL loves forcing these fucking, these outdoor games down our throats, so it's another outdoor game, you know, not even in a stadium, just like on the side of a lake somewhere, so whatever, I guess it'll be great for visuals on TV. Nonetheless, it's, it's it's an important game that the Flyers have to win. So, again, Washington tomorrow. If Washington gets better goaltending than they got yesterday and the Flyers play the way they did yesterday outside of that third period, the Flyers are going to lose. But if the Flyers can take that third period yesterday, carry it over, generate sustainable offense, and actually, you know, don't make that extra pass. Get the get the puck on net, damn it. That's how you're going to score. They know that. They're professionals. What the hell? So... The Flyers bring that third period to the game tomorrow against Washington. And even if Washington gets better goaltending play than they did yesterday, if the Flyers play tomorrow. I'm not even going to say full 60. If the Flyers can play 30 minutes tomorrow like they did in the third period, they'll win the game. The Flyers play like they did in the third period last night and the third period against Boston on Friday. If they can do that, 75% of the time going forward, this team should have no problems being a Stanley Cup contender and making us all proud. Because that team, that third period team we saw last night, third period team we saw, especially Friday against Boston, that team can win a Stanley Cup. The team that is having, you know, can't make a pass early on against Boston on Friday, is letting Alex Ovechkin do whatever the hell he wants early on yesterday, Again, the Flyers held Ovechkin without a point all last season, and he ended up with three in the first two periods yesterday. So that tells you all you need to know about how things are going defensively right now for the Flyers. If they can slow him down tomorrow, it's even more of a better chance of them winning the game. I don't know what the odds are. If you want to bet it, go bet it on DraftKings, obviously. Use promo code THPN. Use all that good shit. Get it in there. Get your bets in on the Flyers. Put it on them. I'm going to say the Flyers are going to win this game. Just because. Just because why not? Carter Hart, you know, a couple goals he would like to get back yesterday. I don't like to hate on him too much. Couple, couple of the puck, I mean, again, at least two of those goals that he led in yesterday, he was left on an island. Especially the one that, that Wilson got. Then I believe the uh, the Backstrom goal was another one that just, you know, it's like it's like the, the the defenders don't know who the hell they're playing. You know what these guys can do, who these guys are. So the Flyers just have to come out better defensively. That's the biggest thing. Support your goalie. Good things happen. Get the puck on net. It's very very simple. Just don't break down defensively and get the puck on net. And good things should happen to you. So I predict in the Flyers win 
tomorrow, Tuesday, against Washington in Washington. 6 p.m. puck drop, weird time, but fuck it, we love it. Let's run with it anyway. That's all I'm going to bring for you guys here today. Follow me on Twitter at MarkFlagman2Ns. Follow this show at underscore getting bullied. On Thursday, guess who will be back with me? Yes, yes, yes. The most controversial man on Flyers Twitter, Dan Silver. You can follow him on Twitter too. Fuck it. At DSilver88. The 88s for Eric Lindros. Get this episode. Get the episode Thursday. Get last Thursday's episode with me and Bob the Hound Kelly talking about the 1974 Stanley Cup winning team. Anywhere you get your podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. They're at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. Until I talk to you guys again on Thursday with Dan Silver, enjoy your lives and let's go Flyers.